0: and uh, he's going to yeah, tell you everything about the marketing doc- of documentaries in the age of social media and uh, well I met him in Lyon last uh, April uh, and from all his remarks uh, at the pitches I'm sure that in one hour he's going to tell you everything you need to know, so enjoy the session. Thank um, yeah. Hi, everyone. So, um, yeah. So, in one hour, talking about film uh, marketing or in particular social media marketing for documentaries, in one hour is obviously quite difficult. So, uh, there's quite a lot to say, but I try to uh, summarize all the main important points and the mo- most important steps. Uh, to show you how uh, how to promote documentaries on social media, I try to make a session that with quite a lot of examples to show you in a very practical way how we work from uh, projects uh, we're working on. In case you, anyone is interested in the actual presentation, I already uh, uploaded onto two slide so it will be available. I just had to remove. Um, I just had to remove the case studies and the specific examples from my uh, the projects I'm working on out of respect for my clients and uh, the people we work with, but all the kind of theories in there, and I give you the, uh, the link at the end of, of the presentation. So uh, just a few words about me so you understand where I come from and who I am. So I'm originally uh, Swiss and Finnish, I'm at the moment living in Berlin, uh, I've, I've got experience a little bit on, in, on both sides of the film industry. I uh, started my career uh, in Switzerland and in a small organization that supports filmmaking in Georgia Azerbaijan, and in Armenia. So that was definitely more the kind of art house uh, part of the business. Then I moved to London. I worked in uh, advertising, branding, and um, online PR uh, for really big Hollywood titles. So that was a little bit the time when I was... a uh, sleeping with the enemy and, uh, and now for the past uh, almost six years, I've, uh, six year, almost six years ago I, I started a company called Alpha Panda now there's a small team, there's four of us uh, working really on uh, film marketing and in particular social media marketing and now I would say that we've got one foot on both sides, we're doing all the social media for 20th Century Fox and Warner Bros. in Switzerland And on the other hand, we're also uh, working with quite a few independent producers, distributors. We're also doing the social media for the European uh, Film Awards. So we really try to keep a little bit of uh, both sides because it's interesting to work on big projects, because you can experiment, you can do big things, but it's also interesting to work on the smaller projects because that's where my heart is. So I would say that uh, to go really into uh, practice and into the presentation, I try to kind of think about the really step-by-step uh, process on kind of how to, how to work, uh, how to promote a film or a project or a filmmaker. It's kind of, uh, there can be different angles uh, actually through social media. So I would say the six steps are quite logical you know, the first step is definitely to, uh, to set a goal. So, you know, why do I want to go on social media? I think it can seem very uh, logical, but actually on a lot of uh, projects we're working on, when I actually meet with filmmakers and I ask you what you want to do on social media, it actually takes quite a while to get uh, the answer out. So I think it's very important to know like what the goal is, Obviously then it's to assess the potential, is this been right for social media? What is its potential? And uh, you know, sometimes maybe going on social media is not always the solution, and sometimes with certain type of films, maybe more traditional marketing can make more sense. I would say that's mostly the case with fiction films, uh, with most documentaries are kind of more or less adapted to social media. Then the next step is really to identify the target audiences. Who are we going to talk to? How are we <coughs> going to pro- uh, sorry? How are we going to approach them? It's the next step. But who are we going to talk to? You know, what are the groups that can be interested in this film? Then it's really defining a positioning. So that means uh, how are we going to describe the project in one sentence so that everyone understands immediately what it's about. And then uh, building the community, obviously. So that means attracting people and getting them to be interested in the film, in the project. And then once we've got the community in place, it's managing the community. And then at the end of the presentation, I've got one very specific uh, case study, a project we worked on a year ago. That was at IPA two years ago. That's a film. It's a Polish-Danish co-production called Something Better to Come. I don't know if any one of you have. Seen that film, so just to show you in very in practice how, how this works and what kind of work we did. And I also tried to take a, a project where you know, it was partly a success and partly not a success, so you can also see what worked and what didn't work, because I, I think sometimes it's also interesting not to only see like a super successful uh, project. So step one. Uh, setting, setting a goal, you know, and uh, as I said, every, that's always the, the first question I ask people when I talk to producers, or most of the time producers, I ask you, why do you want to be on Facebook? And they actually normally give different kinds of answers. The first answer we hear all the time is because everyone needs to, be, needs to have a Facebook page. I think that's a completely and utterly stupid answer to give because <laughs> it's not true. There are plenty of ways of promoting films without having a Facebook page. Uh, it's not always the right way, and so I would say that's really the answer that 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 you know shouldn't be. So I mean, I would say the other possible answers are obviously it can be more for promotional and commercial reasons. So that would be just basically increase the box office of the film. That's very often what uh, distributors want. Uh, normally when we work with producers they're less interested in that and they're more interested in other things. I mean another possible answer is for the positive industry, that's what for example the case study I will show you at the end. Uh, You can also use social media to uh, promote a film in a kind of B2B way, so that means business to business and not just towards the audience. Change the world, Uh, that's an answer I get quite often, and I think it's a very valid answer. Uh, I'm putting it here because Basically, when people answer that, that means that for them, the important thing is not necessarily that as many people as possible see the film, but it's more like to get a message across. So for example, if the film is about a social issue or an environmental issue, then often the uh, the social media campaign would be almost more of an impact campaign than really a promotional campaign. And that means that the goal of the social media presence will not necessarily be to promote the film, but it will be to promote a cause. And obviously when you promote a cause, you kind of do it in a different way than when you promote a film. So it's very important to kind of ask this question and and to get a very clear answer you know in your head on what you want to do, uh, why do you want to go on social media? And you know depending on the answer you give to these uh, to this question, there's a lot of different decisions that need to be made. I would say the first one is, do you want to promote a film, or do you want to promote a director or a company? I in the field of documentaries, there's a lot of directors uh, that actually work in similar type of styles similar type of topics, one film after the other. And so in those cases, instead of every time starting over from scratch and uh, starting to build a community from nothing, maybe actually promoting a director. Would make more sense of promoting. Maybe the word sounds a little weird, but I would say giving a presence to a director on social networks could definitely can make more sense because that would allow like more long-term uh, building. So you know, that's a decision. Uh, when is uh, when is it right to promote the film? When is it right to promote the director? It depends. Like, that's often, that's really the question. But that's definitely a decision that needs to be made a company, promoting a company, does it really make sense for a production company to have a presence on social media? I would say that most of the time the answer is no because a production company is not necessarily something that people really care about. Do you go and watch a film because it was produced by this specific company? I would say 99% of the time the answer is no. Sometimes it's yes and in those cases if there's a production company that makes a very specific type of films all the time and that has some kind of you know, brand value or that has some kind of identity, then maybe it could make sense. So that's also something to consider. But I would say that most of the time, it's not really the right way to do it. The other decision to make is the scale. You know, do you want to go in English or do you want to go in the national language when you're here, so we know how hard it is sometimes with all the languages and all the countries we have in such a small uh, territory to kind of go beyond <coughs> your national territory and get international distribution, get international visibility. Uh, Again, I would say like when to go global, when to go local, it very much depends on who you're talking to, who your target audience is, and who you're trying to engage. Uh, When you're making films about a very local topic, maybe it would make sense to at least have a presence on social media in the local language so that you can really engage those local people, uh, in other cases, in a lot, of, a lot of time, it actually makes sense to have a social media presence in English. Nowadays, Facebook allows to have both. So you can actually uh, have one page in multiple languages, or to have what they call a global page. So that means that you have multiple pages, but they all, basically it's Facebook automatically that looks where you are, and based on where you are, they send you uh, to the right page that is in line with, with you know, that depends on, on the country you're in. So uh, so nowadays, Facebook is kind of allowing more and more to kind of luckily have these both uh, uh, both at the same time. But that also means quite a lot of extra work. So it depends whether you have like, the time or the resources to do that. Uh, the other question, you know, the other decision to make is the start date. When is, that's a question I get asked a lot of time. When is the good, good time? When is the right time to actually start a social media presence for a film? And I would say uh, most of the time, the answer to this question is as soon as possible. Um, it, it, when it comes to documentaries, obviously, it's hard to to really define exactly the beginning of the shoot because often you kind of start exploring early or there's archive footage and stuff like that. I would say that normally a right time in terms of production is once the finances financing is in place. You know that's a pretty good time to kind of start a social media presence because that means that, you will have, let's say, one, two years uh, before the actual release of the film to really build your community. And the more time you have, the more kind of you can actually build that community and get with something at the end. Um, obviously, on the other hand, you know, the downside of that is that sometimes uh, maintaining a social media presence for two years can, be a lot of, can require a lot of work. It can also require money if you're not doing it yourself, but you're hiring a company to do that. Uh, so again, like, do you really have those resources to kind of keep it for so long? So it's it's important to kind of consider that. And then with social networks, um, I could probably do a whole session on this question, but I decided not really to focus on this question this time. Uh, there's a lot of info available out there on who, what kind of people are, what kind of social networks. To simplify briefly, I would say that uh, facebook is the universal uh, social network, so that's kind of the one where most of the people are. Approximately 80% of the population in European countries are on facebook while like, between 65 and 80%. It depends a little bit on the countries. For those of you who are from Russia, uh, unfortunately there, they have their own kind of Facebook-like uh, social network called they contact them, so that makes it a little more complicated, but for those of you who don't care about Russia, <laughs> and that's really the no problem. Um, no, sorry, you don't want to promote the film in Russia. Um, uh, basically, uh, Facebook, pretty much everywhere one is in there. Uh, a lot of documentaries are normally for slightly older audiences, so I would say the number one uh, network to reach those kind of audiences is definitely Facebook. Um, the problem with Facebook is that the youngest people are not there anymore, so that means they're uh, teenagers. So Facebook is very worried about the new generation because they don't want to be on a social network where their parents and their grandparents are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is a little bit of a problem, but I mean, very rarely you make documentaries for 14 years old, so I guess that's not really the main problem. And then uh, some kind of cooler people are trying to go away from, uh, from Facebook. Twitter is definitely, I mean, according to research, oh, research, their own uh, statistics, Twitter is supposed to be like approximately 30% of the people that are on Twitter. I don't think that's really true. I think the reality is more around 15. Uh, so that means it's more urban, it's younger, let's say like around 30 years old. Uh, uh, and and uh, it's more for, for films where you're really talking particularly about a specific topic or when you're trying to reach the industry because a lot of the influential people are on Twitter. Instagram is very pretty, uh, it's very visual, it's, it's younger, so uh, that's definitely a, uh, a social media, if you're really trying to reach a younger, and cooler audience, then Instagram would be there. The other ones are not really relevant. Snapchat is really for teenagers, but again, I repeat, uh, a lot of documentaries are not really for teenagers. Uh, and then the other decision to make is definitely the budget. So uh, how much money will you dedicate uh, to uh, social media? I would say uh, in nowadays it's very hard to go on social media if you don't have any advertising budget, so I would really recommend to have, let's say, €2,000, €1,000 minimum advertising spend, so you can really launch the page that way. But I will, I will talk about advertising a little bit. But in general, I would say that, you know, when you make your production budget, having a little bit of budget for social media marketing really helps. Um, An example to show you, like, these different uh, decisions. (laughs) This is, for example, a project we're working on. This is a Polish documentary that's in development. Um, They have, it's called The Future of Forever. As you can see, it's quite a complex uh, project because we have a documentary. We have a virtual reality experience. We have a mobile game and we have a chatbot, all of that at the same time. This is a project that will be ready in two years' time if everything goes well, and that will be kind of going to festivals probably six months later. So we decided to go very early on this because you know we wanted to create a, a, a big community around the film because we want to use that community to kind of prove also to the industry and to distributors that there is interest for the film. The film is a big project about transhumanism. Uh, I don't know if anyone of you is familiar with transhumanism. It's kind of increasing life expectancy through machines. I'm simplifying. I, lo- I know. a lot of people would disagree with what I just said, but mm-hmm. just to simplify. Um, so you know, this is this is definitely a film with. The, and, and American, there's a lot of American people in there, so we're definitely going on a global scale. Uh, this is definitely a project on its own because we want it to be big, so we think it's very important to promote the film rather than the director. So it's, and and obviously these people, these producers have put you know put together a proper budget for social media. We're starting in pre-production, so they don't even have development funding in place but they're already. Uh, hired us to uh, do social networks. So just to show you that, you know, we asked the question like, what do you want to do, what do you want to achieve and then that kind of gave us the basic rules on the social media presence. Another example is uh, we're working on a docu-fiction TV series that um, will be ready in one and a half year. Um, We will launch the the presence for Clash of Futures 18 uh, at the beginning of next year and so... um, At the moment, we're only working from the production company's page, Luxfilm, because at the moment we're just kind of more or less testing the audience. So in this case, we have like, we will have a dedicated page for that, but for the first part of the promotional campaign, we're working from the producer's page, because we identified that this was enough for us to kind of test a little bit the series, see who is interested, launch a little bit some videos, and see who is interested in that, and then afterwards we will create its proper uh, Facebook page. Step two, assessing the social potential of a film. As I said, I don't think that every film has the same potential on social media, and I think it's quite important to understand uh, whether your own project has that potential or not. I would say that the first, for me, the main criteria are these four ones. So whenever I kind of test the social potential of a film, these are the four criteria that I take into account. The first one is, do you, what's the fame of the protagonist? So when we talk about documentaries, obviously we don't have actors, but it's a, do you have a famous director? Do you have a name director that people recognize or not? And within your film, do you have people that are recognizable, that are famous, or a uh, you know, famous designer, a famous sports person? You know, like Becoming Zlatan is definitely something that. Know, has quite an easy uh, social media potential or quite a good social media potential because there, you know there are people in the film that already have a, have a fan base. The second criterion is um, do you have an identifiable target or niche targets so that really means um, are there some specific groups of the audience who are really interested in this film? And that could be, for example, people living in a certain place, people interested in, I don't know, uh, a certain type of sports, people uh, uh, from a certain community, like the LGBT community, or you know, a certain type of people who travel to India, or I don't know, all these kind of niche targeting. That really helps because then that means that you know who to go to, and you know who to appeal to, and you know certain films in particular, for example, uh, portraits of non-famous people, so, you know, these kind of, uh, how do you put them, life stories, uh, um, personal story. you know, these kind of films, they can be very hard, you know, if I make a film about the old lady who lives, you know, across the street and who has this really miserable life, because then, you know, (laughs) it's not like, it's not like, uh, oh, beautiful life, but it's not like people like, you know, it's not like you have very specific niche targets that you can tap into the third criterion is uh, are there any elements that create passion you know again sports cooking uh, breast cancer uh, moon e- space exploration uh, all these kind of topics are things where people can feel quite passionate about and they want to can interact with a page for six months about a topic like that uh, other topics for example uh, family relations, or uh, unemployment can be topics that can be very strong when you actually watch them on on screen, but a, a few people kind of feel passionate about these kind of generic topics, so it can be harder. It can be harder to promote. And then the fourth one is the genre. I mean, we obviously here within documentary, but I would still say that you know there's some kind of documentaries that fall more into the genre category. You know, they're kind of more. Uh, in particular, the kind of nerdy stuff, uh, so you know, everything that has to do with, uh, with fantasy or uh, or a sci-fi or this kind of stuff, or also comedy, funny documentaries, they can be a little easier to promote that they have more potential on social media uh, than, than the kind of non-genre generic uh, documentaries. So to give you an example of a film that has a very good potential on social media, we worked on a film called uh, Porn to be Free, or "Porno Libertà. It's an Italian, uh, it's a very cool Italian film. This is a film about uh, the first generation in the 70s and 80s in Italy who fought for freedom of expression through pornography. And uh, in the film, I don't know uh, how, many, how many of you know Cicciolina, I suppose the 30 plus, or the 5 <laughs> plus know her. And the younger people might not know her, but she's quite a big name. And so, um, so you know, when these these guys came to us with this film and said we don't really know what to do, let's think about it. Then you know, we kind of took these four criteria, and obviously uh, the fame of the protagonist, yes, because we've got Chicholina and we've got a few other people that do not and stuff like that in the film. Uh, do you have identifiable target? On niche targets? yes, because it's a political film. It appeals to LGBT people. It appeals to porn fans. You know, do we have elements that create passion, definitely, because, you know, this kind of fight for freedom of expression, the whole movement in the 70s, uh, you know, for, like the, like, the freedom of the party and everything, and there is also a big element of LGBT rights, so we have quite a lot of, and even porn, you know, that can create passion. And then the genre is quite funny, there are a lot of elements <coughs> that are quite cool in it, So again, those were all kind of tick, 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 tick. So it definitely made sense to uh, go on social media with that. Question three, or step three, targeting. You know, that's really, um, that's very important. I think before going on social media, it's extremely important to really understand like who you're talking to and who you're going to be addressing. What's great today with the internet is that I would say whenever we start a project, what we do is that... We identify a few keywords that can be, you know, those words, that's pretty passion, that I said earlier, that can, be support, that can be breast cancer, that can be anything. And then you actually go on Google and you research those keywords for like a few hours, and you really look at the conversations, what is happening, who is talking about this, What are the influential people? Are there any bloggers out there who are talking about that? Are there groups that are talking about that? And that really kind of helps you to understand who these groups are. Because sometimes you yourself are part of these groups, and so you know how they're talking, how they're communicating. But sometimes you're not at all. And then it makes sense to familiarize yourself. How do we define the target audience in marketing terms? We normally say that there is the primary target audience, so that's something, th- this is really for a film, so uh, for any type of film. Uh, so that we really define in demographic terms, so that's normally age, gender, uh, level of education, and income. Um, w- the way I like to define the primary target audience is if you think about uh, water, and then when you throw a stone, then you know it makes circles like that. The fact that you say that your target audience is for 20 to 80 years old is not gonna make it better. It's not gonna make it more accessible to bigger people. It actually means that you could throw your stone anywhere and you don't really know where to throw it. Because if you're more specific and you say my film is for 45 to 60 year old females with a high level of education, which is basically the target for 80% of documentaries, <laughs> uh, then you know, then at least you know exactly who you're talking to. That doesn't mean that you will never get a male into the cinema, or that, or, you, or to a film, that just means that you know who you're talking to and you know how how to address them. So I would say it's very important to always be quite specific for uh, the primary target audience. And then what does it mean to think about this primary target audience and is there only one target audience for a film? No. You know, marketing is not a science, it's not like this is the only way to promote your film and you have to do it this way. Not at all. It's actually really a choice and decisions to make. So you know, is this the right target audience or is that the right target audience? It depends. But what's important, I think, is that once you think this is my target audience, then you stick to that. And that means when you prepare the poster, when you prepare the trailer, you know the very kind of traditional marketing assets. They should really, you should really keep in mind that primary target audience and think, will she or he be interested in this? Will she or he be uh, uh, attracted to this? I think that really helps as an exercise. And then you have secondary target audiences. Those can be larger groups. Or those can also be market niches, you know, people living in a certain place, people interested in a certain topic, uh, you know, people from a specific, uh, I don't know, practicing a certain activity. All these kind of things are market niches. And when you work on documentaries, normally you have a lot of uh, secondary target audiences. I will show you an example, which I guess is the best way to, to show you that. So in visual terms, you have your beautiful pink primary target audience, and then you have like larger or secondary uh, target audiences. Now, to show you an example, uh, we worked on a film called Bastards. Uh, Bastards is a film about a woman in Morocco. It's a Welsh uh, documentary filmmaker who made that film. And it's the film about a woman in Morocco who is uh, basically fighting in court to force mm-hmm. the man she had a child with to recognize the child who at the moment, or at the beginning of the film, is therefore an illegitimate child. So it's really the fight of the mother to, um, for, uh, for, to, for the rights of her child to be recognized. And so who was our primary target audience? We had females 35 to 50 with a high level, of, I didn't write it here, but it's always the same when you work on these kind of films, mm-hmm. a high level of education and relatively high uh, income. What are secondary target audiences, and that's very typical of uh, documentaries. We have a lot of them. You know, we have mothers, we have feminist groups, we have international development professionals, women's rights activists, human rights activists, children's rights activists, Muslim groups, Arab diaspora, lovers of Morocco, law students, people interested in the judiciary system, or Western experts in Morocco and other uh, Arab countries. And that's very common. I think it's always a good exercise when you think about target audience, Write down as many secondary target audiences as possible. In visual terms, that means you know we have a very clear primary target audience for the film, and then we have all the others kind of put together into a, a little bigger groups um, around it. When it when it comes to social media, actually your primary target audience doesn't really matter that much anymore because it's quite unlikely that those people, even though those people are the ones who will kind of try to attract to the cinema to watch the film, it's quite unlikely that those people are the ones who will kind of really feel passionate. And normally the secondary target audiences are the most, uh, are the more passionate ones. So, you know, when it came to promoting this film on social media, we actually kind of got rid of those women 35 to 50 because they're busy, they're at home, they have kids, oh my god, they really don't care about going on Facebook and and following the project like this. So we actually focused on other people who are likely to be more passionate. Obviously we added personal contacts because that's always when you go on social media the personal contacts are quite important. And then we had people interested in law, human and rights, feminist and women's rights. The kind of Muslim and Arab world, unfortunately, we didn't have the linguistic skills within the group to really care about that. So we kind of left that on the side. Where, um, where social media, and in particular Facebook, becomes very useful is that you know this reasoning until here was only happening in our head. But then what you can actually do is you can actually test that. And there's a great way to do that, which is uh, basically by by uh, creating a fake Facebook ad campaign. I don't know how many of you have already done done Facebook ads. Yeah, a small group. Okay. So the idea of Facebook ads is that um, basically you say to Facebook, I want to advertise, let's say, this page. And I want to advertise this page to all the women living in South Korea uh, over 40 years old who are interested in basketball, and then uh, and then you, you you invest 50 euros for that, and you do your uh, your campaign, and um, and what's really great about that is that when you create that Facebook ad campaign, Facebook will tell you they are actually. I don't know, 2 million uh, women over 40 in Korea who are interested in basketball. And at that stage, instead of spending money to create the, your Facebook ad campaign, you can just stop it, and then you create a new campaign where you say, I want males living in South Korea over 40 who are interested in basketball, and then it tells you there are 2.5 million in that. And then you say, females in Korea are interested in cooking, and then you get like uh, 5.2 million. And little by little, that gives you an idea of how many people are interested in what topics would which they improve in a certain territory. So that kind of helps you to understand a little bit what are the interests of the people in a certain territory. Does that make sense? Do you see what I mean? Okay, so for example, that's exactly what we did with last year. We, we, you know, the, the good point is that you don't actually need to spend money to do the campaign. You get that information before you launch the campaign. You're just taking advantage of uh, of Mark Zuckerberg, uh, which is not bad at and so, um, so, you know, that's what we did with Bastards. How many women, age 35 plus, in the UK are interested in? And we tested different things. Children's rights feminism, (coughs) women's rights, human rights. We also tested Amnesty International to get an idea. And what was interesting is that we really saw that the women's rights were a lot bigger than others. I mean, this is based on the Facebook algorithm. It's a little complicated. This is not a market research. If we had had 100,000 euros to test the market, we would have probably done that. But we didn't have that money, so that's a better indication than nothing. And so that really helped us to understand that, you know on social media the feminist and women's rights was probably the right angle to use and we really decided to go for that uh, mainly. So just to show you how you can have kind of a very practical tool that you can use and that's really cool. So that also means I mean that um, you know social media, whenever you do targeting on social media it's important to, compared to when you do more traditional promotion, to be more specific, to be more clustered or more kind of separated small groups, and to be definitely more specialized. You know, you're addressing a lot of uh, little little groups. Another thing that's really um, that's really good is when if you go with a film on more than one social network. Actually, what you can do is that you can use the different social networks to target different people. And so uh, that's, for example, what we did with this transhumanist film, uh, the, the Future of Forever. Um, we often work with what we call personas. So personas means, instead of saying an abstract women 35 to 50, we actually give her a name, we give her an identity, we know who she is, and we know what she does. So that really helps us when we kind of then prepare the post and the content of social network, instead of just addressing someone very uh, kind of uh, I have to say, very uh, non specific, we know who we're talking to. So, you know, for example, for the future of forever, this is our Facebook persona. So, she's called Linda, she's 40 <coughs> years old, she loves searching for Sugarman, she has an iPhone 5 to th- from 2015, so she's quite modern, but not the most modern. Oh, I got an iPhone 5 also. She's quite nerdy. She's five, 5 out of 10 in nerdiness, so she's not super nerdy. She's interested in documentaries. She's active on social media, and she's also interested in sci-fi. That's who we're talking to, and we know we're addressing that person. On Twitter, we're talking to Jess. Jess is 28 years old. Her favorite film is Ex Machina, so very different kind of thing, uh, she's got a six, so she's more modern. She's definitely more nerdy. She's got one thousand followers on Twitter, one thousand plus, and she's interested in transhumanism and artificial intelligence. So you know, this kind of helps us. This is again, we kind of thought like, who do we want to to reach with this campaign, and how are we going to separate those people? between Facebook and Twitter. And so the actual person who is choosing what to post on Facebook, what to post on Twitter, has this image in mind, and knows exactly, I'm talking to Jess. Will this appeal to Jess or not? The next step is positioning. You know, Now we, we kind of know, does it make sense to go on social media? Who are we talking to? And then the idea is like, what? how are we going to position the film? How are we going to position the project on um, social media? My definition, the definition I like to give of positioning is really imagine that you're actually sitting on a bus and you have two people from your primary target audience behind you. So you have uh, Linda and, and Linda 2 who are kind of talking to each other and one of them is summarizing the image that they have of your film. So none of them have seen your film and they're summarizing in one sentence the image they have of your film to the other one. That's something we do all the time with other people's films. You know, we say, oh yeah, it's that Danish film about uh, about the aliens. Or oh, it's that, oh yeah, it's that uh, Russian film about uh, that, that girl uh, who uh, went against Putin. Oh, you know, we constantly summarize summarize uh, these kind of films. And so you have to think that people would do the same with your film. And so the positioning is a question of trying to kind of Bring them into a certain direction because you think that okay these are the two three four main strengths of my film that will be really appealing for that specific target audience and these these they, therefore these are the elements that I'm going kind to of insist on in positioning my film. I would say you can't really use more than three elements because people want to be able to understand what your film is in 20 seconds. So it's very important that you kind of. Simplify. I know it's a very hard exercise for someone, in particular for those of you in the room who are directors, because you spent five years of your life working on a film, and then I'm asking you to summarize it in 20 seconds, and it's a little bit like chopping your legs and arms and, and leaving like this much left. But you kind of have to do that exercise, because if you do, don't do it yourself, the people will do it, and they might do it in a wrong or stupid or non-appealing way. I would say that those <coughs> kind of hooks... Can be a lot of different things. It can be the director. It can be the nationality of the film. It can be the genre of the film. If you have stars in your film, that will obviously play a role. You know, if you have a voiceover by I don't know Shinn or Connor, that would definitely play a role. Did you win an award? I mean, you have to realize that people out there on the street have no idea what Ghibli is or what Rotterdam Film Festival is or what. I don't know, Vision du Réalisme. So, you know, when we talk about awards, we talk normally about national awards or uh, Oscars. Do you have talent in the film? Can it be the location? Can it be the topic? It can really be a lot of things. And what's important to understand is that a lot of the time people don't only go and watch a film because of the the topic of the film. It can also be, you know, because of where it was shot. It can also be because there is this person in it. So it can really be a lot of uh, different elements that are kind of attracting those people. An example of positioning is uh, this French film that we worked on called Like an Open Sky. Like an Open Sky is a film about the school for autistic children in the north of France, where where they're using a very specific, I think it's a Lacanian approach uh, to kind of uh, treat these autistic and psychotic uh, children. It's a very beautiful film. It's a very poetic way uh, film. So you know, in this in this case, we identify three hooks for the film: the kids, because people love kids. Uh, the kind of feel good element. You know, it's not a very easy topic. So we thought, like, if we start promoting the film as an uh, autistic, you know, oh, we don't really want people to say, oh, it's that film about psychotic children? <laughs> you know, because that would not really give the right impression of what the documentary was. So we wanted to insist on the three Element and we wanted obviously to insist on the fact that it's a documentary because when you work with documentaries, that's normally one element that you always use the genre. And so, combining these through into one positioning statement, we end up with a poetic and uplifting documentary which shows how every child can find his or her own path in life. That positioning statement is not necessarily something that you stick on the poster of your film, it's more an internal tool. That everyone that's working on the promotion of the film will kind of use, and they know how to talk about the film. And so, as a result of this positioning, you know, the poster we worked on this film in in Spain and Bulgaria. So you know, we end up with like a poster like this, which is very ugly, very (coughs) cute, very kind of feel good. We really insist on the kid, on the kid element. So you know, it's really to show you how like a positioning translates into practical activity. When it comes to social media, uh, basically it's important to understand that you're not really promoting a film anymore, but you're promoting more an experience. And therefore, you know, when you're just promoting a, and normally like doing traditional marketing for a film, you're really promoting two hours in a cinema or two hours at home <laughs> watching. When it comes to social media, you're actually, you know, selling people what is the product, it's many months of interaction and debate, and that's really what you're saying to people. And so that means that those people who are interested in that are not exactly the same, because in one, in one case, you know, the people are really, the, if, you, if you talk about just the film, people are kind of people interested in some elements of the film who are willing to spend those two hours watching that film. In the case of social media, it's really passionate people. You know, I guess I talked about it already when I talked about targeting. And that means that what is the role of those people? In one case, we have passive viewers. And in the other case, we're trying to play really ambassadors for the film, who well, are going to go around and talk to their friends and say, oh, you should, go. you should come and watch this film. It's finally released. I'm so happy, and stuff like that. So that means the positioning changes also a little bit. This, for example, is a docu-fiction that we worked on. Oh, sorry. What did, what did I say? It's a fiction film, but that also went to a lot of documentary festivals, so it's kind of uh, in between. It's, it's a film called Zoot. It's a German-Polish co-production that was shot in Mongolia about a 10-year-old child. It's a little bit of a coming-of-age story uh, where he's living with his family, and he has to go on a, on a horse race. It's a very beautiful film. It was at the Berlin Island last year. I only advise you to watch this film. Um but I mean the other films I talked about as well, but basically. <laughs> um um in there is a director in the room I worked uh, <laughs> <laughs> this the Facebook position. <coughs> Sorry. I have it here. The Facebook positioning we gave to this film was why would you go on Facebook? To follow this, because the Facebook page is a window into the world of director Marta Minarovic and her festival hit Vinzut, a poetic and visually beautiful journey through the steps of Mongolia. And so, you know, that was the image we wanted to build for the actual Facebook page. You know, the positioning for the film would have been slightly different, but that was really for the Facebook page. For the future forever, the transhumanist project I told you about earlier. A visually beautiful filmic exploration of today's life enhancement visions based on real scientific research but with a touch of utopia enabling the community to participate in the film's creation so you know those are obviously slightly more complex uh, positioning statements because we're kind of going on social networks so we can also get a message that's a little more complex than something you have to simplify in uh, 20 seconds okay so now we have a positioning in place Let's start building our community, let's get practical. Um, I would say when you want to build a community, there are two different (coughs) ways of doing that. The first one is money, the second one is time, like often in life. Um, So basically the first strategy, which is probably the easiest, is just to advertise quite intensively, and I will show you how to do that. And the second one, if you don't have that much money, is really to kind of spend time on it, and that would be really research where the audience is, and then start a conversation with them, you know, they can be on blogs, they can be on other pages, they can be in other groups, they can be uh, reading certain articles, they can be going to certain organizations, to certain conferences and things like that, where are they, and then from there you try to kind of drive them um, to the page, and then you try to use them as a match but obviously that requires quite a lot of work and effort. Um, Take, uh, you know, money. Advertising. So basically, this is a very uh, simple example of a film that we were promoting in uh, Bulgaria. Sorry, I'm not sure that everyone can read, but it doesn't really matter. The idea would be to, you know, you kind of go on Facebook and you give a very kind of detailed uh, audience, you know. For example, in this case, this is a film that we were promoting specifically for uh, girls in Bulgaria between the age of 18 and 19 and who are interested in, video on demand, independent film, romantic comedies, Baltic States, Italian, Black Nights, that's why it's a film that was shown in Italian. Estonian language, Estonia, Estonian, drama movie, Italian, Estonia, blah, blah, blah. So you know, you give a lot of keywords and then Facebook will kind of build a community around that. And then what's great when you do advertising is that afterwards you get a lot of of stats. So you can see exactly what is working, what is not working. This is for example a film that we launched in a lot of different uh, countries. And for each territory, we can see, like, how much was the price per click. Again, you don't need to look at the whole thing. Because, uh, but it's just like, kind of, you can see that in Estonia, it cost 22 euro cent per click. Whereas in Bulgaria, it was 16 euro cent per click. In Greece, it was 12 cent per click. So it just gives you an indication of who's more interested in it and who's not. If you don't really have the budget for advertising, even though, as I said at the beginning, I would really only recommend to always have a little bit of budget for advertising, outreach. Um, Outreach means you identify some keywords related to the film. You really research those keywords, and you see, like, who are using those keywords, what are the blogs, what are the groups, what are the organizations using that, and you put all of those into a database with like contacts. And then you kind of contact those data, that, that data, basically try to drive them to your social media account. So that means, you know, how to do that, send them content that is newsworthy. So that means like, try to be topical with what is happening today. If there's a crisis, you know, in Russia, then try to kind of relate your to that. Or so if there is a, you know, an international, something happening in the news, something happening, because people like to be, you know, like to relate to things that are happening today. Adapt the message to the receiver. You don't talk in the same way to uh, to Amnesty International, to a journalist from Vice, or to a small blogger from a feminist blog in Belgium. And then give them real content. Don't just go and say, "Please, can you promote my thing? Please, can you talk about my crowdfunding campaign?" But go more like, you know, this is content that I'm giving you, and I thought that would be. Interesting. A couple of examples of outreach we did. This is a film called That's about uh, about the feminine, I guess or you know that feminist group from originally uh, from Ukraine. Uh, we did outreach for that project. We tried to get people. That was for a crowdfunding campaign. And so we actually went to a lot of uh, feminist forums. This is, for example, a French uh, feminist forum. And we really went there and we posted stuff giving them an interview with Anna Shevchenko, who was one of the members of the Femin, And we uh, kind of gave them information. We gave them a link to that interview. And we also said, you know, we here. We're available to answer any questions. And then you get like some answers and some reactions and things. And so you have to go back, and you have to answer those questions again. So it's quite time consuming. But obviously, do that by detail. You gain interest. Another project we did, this was a fiction film. Uh, This was a transgender romantic comedy from Canada. It's a micro-budget film, so they went straight to VOD. And uh, we actually, again, worked on outreach for that, so we only went to transgender organizations, transgender pages, transgender groups, and we only kind of promoted the film among those kind of people, saying, hey, this film is being released. We thought that maybe you could be interested. Here is a link if you want to review it. And please talk about it on your group, on your on your page. And you know, as a result, we got quite a lot of different. You know, we got, for example, Transgender Canada as a forum that talked about it. We got News for You that's a traditional news site that talked about it. We got the parents of transgender kids group that kind of talked about it. And we got uh, someone Jamie Baird, someone on the, on, the, on the, uh, Twitter who talked about it. So we really considered like the very broad way. Like kind of not just journalists, but but you know everyone is a journalist today. And then the last point, so we kind of build that community. And then the last point is how to uh, manage manage the community. I would say there are different types of updates. That's a question I could ask quite a lot. So I think that really different types of updates. It's not always very easy to uh, find things to say about the film for eighteen months or for two years. So um, so the idea, the way we normally work is <coughs> that when we start working on a project we have a brainstorm with the director to say like, how did you feel when you were shooting the film? Uh, what, we, what was your inspiration? Are there any artists, writers, poets, musicians that you think about when you think about your film? Are there any other films that you would feel comfortable being related to? Are there any uh, other, is there any material that you didn't use? Is there any, you know, what are your political ideas? All these kind of things, to build a little bit of a world of the director, and so to think about content that we can kind of post. Obviously, there is the most obvious content that you can post, so that the stills, videos from the film, red carpet photos, things like that. And then you can go a little, you have to go a little broader. So, you know, quotes, quotes from the film always work very well. You can also find quotes from celebrities. So, you know, I don't know, Salman Rushdie said, Uh, I can't, uh, you can measure the freedom of the society by measuring its acceptance of porn. And you know, that was something very useful for us when we promoted porn to be free because that's exactly what we wanted. So you find a photo of uh, Salman Rushdie on Wikipedia, so it's free of rights. You post it on the Facebook page and you post that quote. And people will associate your little film that nobody's heard about with a big author that is you know, considered to be really smart and that is actually saying something very smart. So you know that's the idea, with quotes, you're kind of associating your film with different people that you want to associate it with. It can be for birthdays, you know, you can kind of find ways of, of using those quotes. It can be external links to articles or retweets for people who are talking about sp- uh, uh, similar topics to what is kind of treated in your film. It can be fun facts. You have to talk a little bit in social media language. People love uh, fun, more fun stuff. So sometimes your quotes and stuff can be a little more fun. Uh, it depends on the film. If your film is a bad cancer, maybe fun facts are not the best thing. Uh, inspiration. Uh, yeah, what was the inspiration of the director? Uh, where did they get the ideas from? You know, these kind of things, you can use that competitions you'd be surprised how how much people love competitions so if you can give them free tickets if you can give them uh, uh free downloads and stuff like that they will take part in competitions and they will share that and um and interactive updates in general you know try to have updates where people are kind of encouraged to kind of write comments and to say things to interact and then cross promotion. You can do, you know, if you have a Facebook page and a Twitter account, it makes sense to send people from one to the other, you know, in one way and in the other. So, a few example, this is a documentary about old ladies in Italy that uh, to, who that did a crowdfunding to actually go to the sea because they had never seen the sea. Uh, it's a really cool project. It's very funny, and uh, and here we had a, a trailer launch. This was quite interesting. This I took this. Uh, less than one hour after publishing the post and we already had more than 1,000 views without sharing, without you know, any ad spend, 23 shares. So what happens is that video material in general works extremely well. So I would say that the more video material you have the more you should use it, uh, the more success you're going to have on social media. This was for the film Zoot, the Mongolian film I told you about earlier. You know, obviously this kind of stuff, whenever you go to a uh, to, um, the festival having this kind of red carpet screening, uh, red carpet pictures, cool stuff that really helps because that's kind of showing the 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 the, um, the success of the film. We really try to um, we really try to um, uh, also promote those posts amongst the industry to make sure that industry people would also see that. Uh, the Future Forever, we're doing for a lot of, you know, when I said associate your film with like, bitter names that people recognize, we are trying to go quite mainstream with The Future Forever. So, you know, we found that Dina 48, with a robot, had met Morgan Freeman. So we actually immediately posted that kind of stuff, with we needed likes and retweets for uh, this kind of content. An example of quotes, again, that's from Newt, uh, the Mongolian film. Well, that was a quote that we took from the, uh, from the director and we thought that was very much in line with the impression we wanted to use. So the step the kind of harshness that we do to the human experience in their essence. And we thought it was uh, uh, also what's good with quotes. For uh, that image, quite a few times, so it's kind of hard to multiply uh, images when you don't have that image. Uh, for those films that allow it, uh, you know, like comedies and fun stuff, this is an Italian project we worked on called Dorecchia, where this was a fiction project actually, but where we had a lot of characters, so we decided to introduce those characters with this kind of uh, transporting like mm-hmm. visuals, so that was quite cool, people quite like that. I think. Um competition. This is, um, this is actually a film that um, that we worked on. This is a, a, a Romanian film for the miracle of it here. Again, this is a fiction film. Um, I couldn't we actually did uh, some, some competitions for the porn to be free, but unfortunately our page got blocked by Facebook because it was showing too many nipples. So I don't have, uh, I don't have um, screenshots of that. So I had to take a screenshot from a, uh, from a fiction film. But you know, this is a very art house Romanian film that we uh, promoted in Switzerland. And uh, we organized a competition to win tickets to the screening. And uh, we got a lot of you know, reactions and comments and things like that. So you know, even with more art house things, even with more serious films, you can still make competitions and people, uh, people like that. Um, so that was it I see there's only three minutes left so I don't think it makes sense to go into the case study sorry I've been a little longer than I expected <laughs> but I hope I already gave you quite a lot of uh, examples let me just run very quickly through it so i give you the, the, um, <laughs> just the link uh, to the link to the download the presentation uh, which is that one if you go to uh, slideshare.net you will be able just to, uh, just to actually download uh, the presentation or watch the presentation on the screen. And I think we've got a couple of minutes for one or two questions or reactions or... Yes. I'm wondering whether, because there are a lot of Facebook, uh, Facebook sites and also Facebook sites who are already not to target audience. So when you contact them, do you contact them through like a This kind of infiltration or outreach, I think the important thing is to be extremely honest. Don't pretend to be someone you're not. Don't pretend. So, no, I literally go there and I just say, Hi, guys, uh, listen, I'm actually, um, you know, I'm actually working on the promotion of this film, and we thought that this could be interesting for you. So, you, you, you have to go to groups and Pages that actually make sense for the film. And you know, just say in a very honest way, like we're looking for quite support, we thought you could be interested in this, we give you this kind of material if you want to promote it on your page, on your group. And then, you know, a lot of people say no to that, and some people say yes. You know, so it's kind of, it's, it's just, it's not like there is a specific technique about from. a list of email addresses and phone numbers, you upload them onto Facebook, and then your adverts are only shown to those specific people. So if you do that, to do a little bit of an industry buzz, then all the right people that you want actually get those adverts, and then we got a lot of people doing the world, and I they had a very small budget, saying, oh my god, search is everywhere, and I <laughs> wanted to tell them, no, it's just on your page, because we're to you. So uh, but that was a very short, that was a counterexample. I said start very early. They were typically not of someone who started very late. Yes? Yeah, um, so you mentioned <coughs> earlier that you should have a budget of about 2,000 euros for advertising, I would say. For advertising, yeah. right. So that does not include the team who's actually doing the social media, right? So how It depends, if you want to, I hope I give you some tips to kind of do it internally and to do it yourself, so that doesn't really cost anything, but that takes time. Uh, If you want to, uh, that's always a little awkward, but I I suppose I'm also here to promote my company. Uh, If you want to, you know, typically hire uh, like a company like ours to do that, there are a few other companies that also do that, so if you don't like me personally, I can give you (laughs) names of other people. We normally charge a little bit on the film and stuff, but you have, I would say I you should consider like around €10,000 for the first year, and then a little less for other years. Obviously, if we talk talking about a shorter period of time, for example, just for two months and stuff like that, it's going to be a little less. That depends a little bit. You have to consider that whenever we take on a project, there's all the strategy part that goes first. So it's not like... If we do ten thousand for a year, it's not like oh you can work on the film for one month, so eight hundred. So it's more around. That's going to be more around two and a half, three thousand. Depends a little bit on the project, but you know with these kind of figures, it's not fifty thousand. It's not yeah. It's not not visual like advertising. Yeah. So. No. 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 You yeah. said 3, for no. I said ten thousand for the first year. Oh. <laughs> so okay. that's a little less than maybe for <laughs> <proper> two thousand three hundred <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the last question, yes? Yeah. Um, Do you ever question the legitimacy of some of the likes or followers or impressions through the Facebook advertising? Sometimes I've spent money and it's said that it's got this many likes or it's been viewed this many times, and this could be just part of. Yeah, I think views is becoming a big problem with videos because now you have autoplay, yeah. So that means that actually how many people have viewed your video and that means the first six seconds of the video. So that means that they actually click and say, stop, stop, I hate you. So that's not really what you want as a reaction. <laughs> so I would say uh, I would say promoting videos is becoming more difficult with Facebook. Likes, they're genuine likes. You know, there's still people kind of clicking on like for your page, and particularly if you tag the right. And I think when you do this kind of, it happens to do like, you know, campaigns that are not very well targeted and then you end up with this kind of very random likes. Mm-hmm. But if you target right, then you see an increase in, in, in activity and in interaction and that means that you're probably right. So I would say in general, at the beginning of a advertising, at the beginning of the launch of a page, you should always use more like page advertising. So you should advertise the page to get that many likes that you for spot the page. Yeah. And then afterwards you can go a little more Want to um, promote in your know, posts so that you know someone sees specifically this uh, trailer or someone sees specifically this update. But at the beginning, you need to have one and a half thousand fans to just appear credible. And just to give you an idea, when you do a good targeted campaign, it ends up costing approximately twenty cents per like. That's always what I think in my head. So if you invest one thousand euro in advertising, you're going to end up with five thousand likes. Then that's not always the case, but just to give you a rough. Just to, so it's not that expensive. If you want to have one thousand likes, do a two hundred euro campaign. You know, I mean, it's not a huge <coughs> amount. So I would say you need to have one and a half thousand likes on a page to even appear credible. Because those are the pages where you have five hundred and twenty-seven fans. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay, I